it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show. Over the past five years, as I've been doing this show, um, I've had some amazing guests, and I have another one today for you, and her name is Tanya Cole-Lesnick. And um, before we get started, I want to remind everybody that we have um, a website. It's uh, SynergyConnectionRadio.com. And on the website, there are archived all of the shows. And so you have about 360 shows now to choose from, and each one has a synopsis. And so you can read a little bit about the person who's doing the show and what we're talking about. Also on that website is Boomers Forever Young. And I've been using the Boomer products for probably the last seven years. I know it's what helped get me through the pandemic. And a lot of people do not understand even to this day the importance of their vitamin D3 level and how much inflammation they carry in their body. So I always remind people when you have your physical, and I hope you have a physical every year uh, to kind of determine where you are, but you need to ask for these two tests because the labs don't run them unless your doctor requests them. And so you have to tell the doctor that you want a D3 test and a C-reactive protein test. Um, the D3 level is your immune system. And without that, you're not going to be able to fight off anything. Most people in the United States have a D3 level of around 40 to 45. The minimum number that you need is 70. And so uh, if people don't know that, then they ended up getting you know, immunized against a number of things, not just COVID, or they're on cholesterol reduction medications. And many people in the United States are using those. That blocks your D3. And so therefore you can't make it and you can't raise your level if you're on anything like that. So make sure that you ask for that test. Mine is sitting at a hundred and it's because I do know how to keep myself healthy and my doctor knows that. Um, the other one is the C-reactive protein. You want that number below 0.5. I will tell you that mine is a 0.1. And most people with inflammation, they, again, do have, they don't have any idea what their inflammation level is in their body. And as you age, of course, if you have achy joints or you have any kind of chronic illness, your inflammation level is going to be a lot higher. The average person, it's probably four or five. And if you have a chronic illness, it's higher than that. So you want to bring that inflammation level down. Boomers can show you how to do that. Um, so look at their, um, gosh, they have so many podcasts themselves. They have a lot of videos. They have a lot of, um, testimonies. So check out their website. It's there. And if you're checking out uh, a product, if you use my first name, L-U-C-Y in the discount code, then they're going to give you $5 off. And I was laughing with a financial planner a few weeks ago because, uh, he said, you know, he said, if we walked down the street and we saw a $5 bill on the sidewalk, we wouldn't just walk on, we would pick it up. And that's true. And so be sure that you take advantage of that offer and you know get your $5 off of whatever you have ordered. Uh, they use um, USPS to ship. And I believe in the very near future, they're also using uh, United, um, uh, 
what is it? UPS, United Postal Service. So they're going to be using that one as well. Okay. Um, so welcome to the show, Tanya. And um, you have been a psychotherapist and coach since 1995. I predate you by a long ways. <laughs> I've been one for about 35 years now. And you have uh, extensive experience in outpatient hospital settings. You know, what's funny um, in this regard, we have this commonality. When I was doing my graduate work, they had me at um, a state hospital in St. Louis. Mm. So I got to see the worst of the worst. Yeah. And it was a, a really, really good experience. But as a young person, it was terrifying. Um, yeah. And they've come such a long ways, you know, since those days. Uh, we were doing things that we just don't do anymore because we have other ways of doing it. Um, you've also um, helped, well, you help your clients. Uh, and I'm going to use your words, access and honor their truth, changing the habits that no longer serve them. And that is so very true because a lot of people have narratives that they don't even understand that they've got. Um, it's been playing in their head forever and a day. And when you finally are able to help them see that that narrative is not beneficial and they need to just let it go, their lives begin to change. So that is really cool. Um, we're going to be talking about clearing energetic clutter. And when I you know, was talking to you initially, and we talked about that topic, I was thinking of a closet, mm -hmm. and how our closets usually get jammed full of things that we don't even use, we don't even know we've got them anymore, whether it's a hall closet, or a bedroom closet, or a bathroom closet. And when you begin to go through the stuff, you kind of go, Oh, I, I forgot altogether that I had that. And so there's energetic clutter, negative and positive, that's around us in us in our thinking and mm -hmm. i'm guessing that's what you're talking about is going through and sorting and deciding which ones are beautiful to wear and which ones you really need to get rid of that's right yeah absolutely well welcome to the show and we'll just dive right in awesome well thank you lucy i'm so happy to be here and definitely i mean the idea of even calling it energetic clutter came to me when I was sorting out my own kitchen cabinets and realizing how much was in there that I just hadn't even looked at for a really long time. And my quick definition of energetic clutter is that it's this all the stuff that takes up, like it demands our focus, our energy, our time, mm -hmm. but it's not helping us to move the needle towards growth or meaning or how we want to feel. Mm -hmm. So it's not just stuff that takes energy. Sometimes we are choosing to put our energy towards things that matter to us, even when it's hard, even if it brings up difficult stuff. But if we're identifying it as something that's important in our journeys, that is not what I would consider energetic clutter. Energetic clutter is the stuff that we're not even realizing the narratives that you mentioned, right? That we're not even realizing that we're letting kind of drive our behavioral patterns, drive the meaning we connect to things. And the more aware we get, the better. Um, one of my favorite Christmas shows, of course, is The Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. And remember when Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by Marley? And he has all those chains that are with him 
Do you remember yeah. that part? He Dang comes the through the door. Okay, he comes through the door and Scrooge, you know, doesn't believe of, about ghosts and he yeah. can't recognize Marley because he's all wrapped up in like gauze, but he's got these chains and he tells him that the change, the chains he forged during his lifetime mm -hmm. and, you know, they're still with him. But that is the kind of baggage that through our behavior, through our thoughts, through our actions, you know, we tend to uh, link by link carry with us yeah. until they can literally bog us down. And the great thing about, you know, a Christmas Carol is that at the very end, Scrooge has given up mm -hmm. all of his and he's light and he's happy and he's filled with joy and happiness. And that's who we can be. Yeah. We can become that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's my hope even for starting to identify it in this way, because I think there is something recognizable about the idea of clutter and what that does, in, even mm -hmm. in our physical spaces. I mean, we mm -hmm. feel better, we feel lighter going through the physical clutter, but also the energetic, emotional, all of that as well can mm -hmm. help if people can kind of envision i i just moved like a year ago and i had been in the same home for uh, over 18 years you know and you don't realize you tuck things away <laughs> but you don't realize how much you have until you start to pack it yes and so i gave a lot of it away before i ever moved and then as i unpacked i gave even more away because i as i was unpacking and i kind of said to myself, now, do you really think you're going to use this? And yeah. if I move from here anytime soon, I'm going to be doing the same thing because the reality is what you put away at the back of your, like my kitchen cabinets, the things at the back, I don't yeah. use. And right. so that's like our thoughts, the things at the back of your thinking, you don't think you use, mm -hmm. but they're still there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think limiting beliefs, something mm -hmm. that we all carry from our, usually from our childhood, sometimes they develop later in life. There's so many that are quite common. We have a lot of overlapping ones. We all have our own nuanced versions and all of that. But um, <clears throat> I identified, there's plenty more, but I identified seven really common ones. I don't know if it would be helpful just to go yeah, through the ones absolutely, and absolutely. Yeah, and I would say these limiting beliefs are always paired with the behaviors mm -hmm. that we put in place to address these limiting beliefs, to help us feel safe, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> one is uh, that we will be abandoned if we are not agreeable, accommodating, say yes to things, that's the people-pleasing, limiting belief. It's one that I have to stay mindful of. I have a tendency towards people-pleasing and the way that I need to just make sure it doesn't run the show is to know that and pay attention and to check in with myself and make sure mm -hmm. that I am checking in with myself and right. honoring myself along the way. Another is this idea that we have to hustle for our worth and that our worth is directly related to the things we do. And people who struggle with that one might do a lot of overdoing so that they're 
so often onto the next, onto the next, getting depleted before they even come back to themselves to see what they want, what they need. Mm -hmm. um, another one is that taking care of other people is a much better way to get admiration, to show our love. And so, and this gets tricky, especially for parents, because people feel like, well, these are my kids. I need to take care of them. But I think as many cultures, we overdo for mm -hmm, our kids. Mm -hmm. We are- The helicopter parent. That's right. That's mm -hmm. right. And so that idea that somehow it's better to be taking care of other people, especially our children, can get stuck for us. Um, so that- Can I interrupt for one yeah, second with that one? Because yeah. I think there's a lot of people, you know, that are brought up in religious families mm -hmm. where they're taught that it's selfish, yeah, you know, to do for yourself. And so it's more of a blessing, if you will, to give than receive and so people don't even know how to receive thanks yeah you know, uh, they'll put it down but i see an awful lot of individuals male and female that um live their life doing for others thinking that somehow makes them a better person mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it doesn't that's and right. that's a really difficult one to begin to accept that I don't have to give constantly in order to be worthy. Yes. Yeah. And the idea of selfish, I mean, I feel like that word gets such a bad rap mm -hmm. and I think people see it as strictly negative sometimes, whereas honoring yourself, learning how to honor right. yourself, learning what you need, even demonstrating for our children taking care of ourselves so that they can learn how to take care of themselves is really right. important. And I think that gets lost sometimes in this idea. Well, it also might be the reason behind uh, the obesity situation we have in our country um, and other countries are developing it as well. But when you don't believe that you're worthy of taking care of yourself, then a lot of times you'll turn to food as your soother. Yes. And because nobody else is taking care of you. And so you sneak that extra, you know, Twinkie or cookie or, you know, something that isn't healthy because I have a young man I'm working with right now. And I mean, young, he's 12 years old. And um, he has been a self soother because of a situation in his home and he's just now beginning to recognize it because if he doesn't get control of his weight then mm -hmm. he's going to have all kinds of health issues down the road but mm -hmm. it's hard for him to accept that what he's putting in his mouth i have him asking with every bite is mm -hmm. this hurting me or helping me mm -hmm. you know so that he can make his own decision yeah. as to um, what he's eating and whether it's you know, a healthy food or maybe one that just tastes good, um, hot fudge sundae, you know, but does it really benefit him from doing that if his objective is to become healthy? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Yes, with the food and other things, other things uh -huh. that substances, of course, distracting behaviors, over shopping, all different kinds of behaviors that people use to soothe themselves. And part of the discomfort is not allowing themselves to 
learn or even know that you can figure out what do you need in terms of rest? What do you need in terms of fun and lightness in the mix when you're also getting certain things done and taking care of responsibilities and work and all of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's very, very true. And it's, you know, it's easier because again, our culture for the most part, has taught us that it is more. It, I'm going to go back to the biblical statement, but more blessed to, re, you know, to give than receive. And mm -hmm. so we have to get out of that mindset that yeah. says you're only thinking of yourself. You're only, you know, doing, um, you know, for others. Let's say in order to get them to like you. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to be able to know that finding, doing both can be, a, it's not that we're saying don't ever give or take care of others or do for others. Mm -hmm. It's a balance. That's right. Yeah. 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 So um, I think I said about three, I'm sure I'm going to lose yeah. track of all seven, but uh, other ones that come to mind, people can get this idea, this limiting belief that they're too much. And so it's somebody that maybe was told to tamp down any emotional expression or anger or um, just intensity and people that have that limiting belief teach themselves how to quiet down and then they're not even fully able to show up because they decided that certain parts of how they express themselves are just so this would be like maybe a child that was told you know get yourself under control that's right yeah or you're too emotional or you're too sensitive or mm -hmm. that kind of thing yeah yeah um and then there are people who believe they're not enough they might dismiss some of their big dreams because they feel like it's out of reach for them and don't allow themselves to believe that they can move towards something that really excites them and resonates for them. So what would cause in your mind, um, what would cause somebody to have that belief that I really can't go for what I want in life because, mm. and then fill in the blank? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we all get these beliefs from both the families that we grew up in and the cultures that we grew up in, different things in school, different experiences, that kind of thing. So somebody believing that they're not enough might have grown up with a parent who's very cautious. So every time they talked about the the their dreams or whatever, maybe a parent would say, oh, well, you've got to worry about this and you've got to worry about that and might have not had that ability to connect about yeah you could do whatever you want I mean other people have the opposite or perhaps they've struggled in school and so decided that they struggled in school because they're inadequate they're less than and starting to have that narrative get more and more entrenched over the years and then it becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you're starting to think well i just don't have what it takes then you're not starting to figure out well what do i need to fully express myself what does that look like and not even questioning whether the education system is part of the problem you know there's there's mm -hmm. lots of different ways systemically that we're impacted and 
I think sometimes we forget that we can have our own journey and it doesn't have to look like what was sort of set up as the normal mm-hmm. way we do things in various cultures. Mm-hmm. So. I am thinking of back a number of years ago now, my office was in a public school. And um, the first grade, second grade teachers, quite often, if they had, you know, an ADHD kind of a kid, I would end up with them because they wanted to teach something that required sitting still and paying attention. And uh-huh. this was a kid who absolutely could not do that. Uh-huh. And I developed uh, with one boy in particular because he was pretty severe actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, he loved to take things apart. So I had the teachers bring in broken toasters, you know, uh, things that he could unscrew and totally dismantle. He didn't have to put them back together, mm-hmm. but he would just sit and he would be very focused doing something like that. Yeah. So you're right. Our educational system requires kids with varying degrees of emotional problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, I guess, you know, have a tendency at least to label them and to say, well, you know, you're not fitting into my class. Therefore, you need to go someplace else for a little bit, which then creates even more of a stigma of I'm not someone who can fit in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think there's a couple more, but I'm blanking on them. But the point is that there are limiting beliefs that we all carry and they're common ones. There's lots of overlap with some of what people experience, but we have our own stories and and reasons why certain ones might be sensitive for us or or a tender spot for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, when you're working with individuals and and I guess most of your work is done that way. um, I do group as well. Okay. And, but your group would be a group with all of the same more or less issues? Not necessarily, actually. I kind of put humans together and then we focus Figure on Figure out what it is. Okay. Yeah. 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 What do you find is the most um, limiting belief that's in their clutter that they need to address, you know, in your groups or as an individual? Yeah. I mean, I think people have different ones, but the one that I probably see the most is the need to hustle for worth. Really? Where people are not letting themselves rest until they're sort of finished. I'm putting that in air quotes because that what does that mean to finish for the day or whatever, that people are struggling to check in with themselves, allow rest, allow themselves to um, create self-care practices. I mean, that is a lot of what we work on, but it takes some work for people to really give themselves the permission and understand that it's not real, that they are only worthy based on what they a complete accomplish. Okay. Um, So again, kind of using that, are these individuals that are high achievers? Okay. All right. And, you know, so they've always had a goal out in front of them, almost like you have a carrot leading, you know, a horse or something that the goal is there. They can't quite reach it, 
Yeah. And so they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And do you find then that that individual begins to develop physical problems? Yes. Because of the fact that they never do take care of themselves. Yeah, I think physical and emotional. So what I see sometimes is, well, certainly if they're doing, 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 and they're struggling, sometimes substances get used to take mm-hmm. the end off or like your example with the food or that. So there's like these secondary problems mm-hmm. they are connected to the fact that they're not allowing themselves to really take good care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. And physical issues as well, because they're not slowing down with their breath even, or simple things like walking and moving. So that can be, um, although some people that tend to overdo might even overdo in terms of exercise, but they have a very sort of um, accomplished idea of what exercise is. Exactly, exactly. Um, Hold on to that thought. We're going to come right back to it. We're just going to take a quick break from our sponsors. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. Check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection show where uh, we're talking today about clearing energetic clutter from our lives. And I have as my guest, Tanya Kolesnik. And um, right before we took the break, you know, it was kind of interesting because, you know, we're talking about uh, how people kind of latch onto this, it's never enough uh, type of thinking. And, you know, how true is that? I mean, I do it, you know, myself. Um, and and I think I can look back, you know, personally, uh, my dad was a high achiever. And so it was a matter of always wanting to achieve, you know, I guess to make him proud or make mom proud or something, but it was more dad. And even when I was playing golf and I played very competitive golf when I was younger and I won a lot of tournaments, um, but I, I played in two ways. One was I knew that the game of golf was a head game. And so when you hold a club in your hand and you're getting ready to tee off, it's a matter of visualizing where you want to be. And if you do hit a bad shot, understanding that it was one bad shot, it's not your whole day. And for a lot of golfers, I would hear them say, oh my gosh, it's going to be one of those days. And sure enough, it would be. You know, mm-hmm. if if par was, um, I don't know, 68 or 72, depending on the course or something, you know, they could either be five or six over par or they could be at 100, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just because of their mindset. And so I see people doing things like this with their life in general, that if I do this, it will give me this. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and not recognizing that they have to treat themselves with care as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love everything that you said brought up a bunch of different ideas. One that even the question about being an overachiever, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the blessing and the curse in a way. So it is. it is. Yeah. So like on the one hand, it serves people well to be able to be an overachiever and accomplish certain things and have a certain level of success. But if they're living in that and not able to be present and connect to their hearts and know what they even enjoy, there's a huge cost in that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, my hope is not for people to come away from our conversation thinking that somehow all of this stuff across the board is, is bad. It's just understanding ourselves better mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. see what's kind of running the show this golf analogy that you just shared is great. The idea of, oh, it could just be one bad swing and then move on. And, right. and then there's definitely potential for things to go in whichever way it's going to go. Right. But if we get too stuck on perfection and this idea that it's got to be a certain way, then we lose ourselves. It's very externally focused. We're not really able to be present to enjoy ourselves and right. so i think to really understand all these different nuances is so important are you familiar with uh using a medicine wheel a, a little bit yeah because yeah. i think that the native americans understood so well the importance of balance mm -hmm. and i know the japanese um have been using for a very long time in fact hitler used it which is really weird uh, but um, forest bathing and oh. walking with the trees and understanding the energy of the trees. And with a medicine wheel, you have north, south, east, and west, and they represent the elements, you know, wind, fire, water, air, and uh, learning that connection that we have with Mother Earth and being able to uh, adapt you know, her energy into our energy and keep it in balance, which is what the show has always been about, except I have approached it from an intellectual, spiritual, emotional, and physical, but mm -hmm. it's still the balance of life and teaching people how to do that is, you know, really, really critical if they are going to be happy and healthy mm -hmm. in all areas of their life. Right. Yeah, I love that. And just um, the idea of figuring out what are you, your own versions of the things that help you catch your breath, replenish your energy, reconnect yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like being in, out, out in nature is huge. It's something I do. I do hiking on a regular basis. And I love both the movement part actually all three, the movement, I do it in a group. So I get community and I do it in the woods. So I get sort of mm -hmm. this connection to nature. So having all three on a regular basis really is part of my own um, process of making sure I have a certain amount of balance in my life. When you were a little girl, because I did this, but, but I don't know that everybody does this. Yeah. And I still do it to this day, but not the same way I did as a child. Mm -hmm. But I used to lay on a blanket. My mom had three of us two years apart. Mm -hmm. And so she had her hands full. I had two younger brothers, but mm -hmm. she would have us do our naps outside. And there would be a big quilt and we would lay on the ground. And, you know, she said, even if you're just resting and you're not going to sleep, 
you know, just you can't yeah. talk and you just have to lay here for at least a half an hour. She would read because she was an avid reader and didn't get to do that all that often with the three of us running around every which way. But I remember laying there, not so much um, sleeping as cloud watching, ah. and figuring out, you know, what the different shapes meant yeah. to me. And, you know, like I would see a dog or a cat or a fish or, or something, a dragon. Yeah. And so I think that that's um, something that we can do with children. You know, if anybody's listening to this, to help them slow down a little yeah. bit and help them connect again to that part of nature um, that is giving to them as well as, you know, showing them things. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that on a regular basis, but I did enjoy that, um, the, the cloud thing, seeing one every now and then that mm -hmm. we think of a, a, something on our earth, whatever it was. I don't remember, you know, there would be various ones. So I do love that, but I love that idea of regularly napping outside. That's so mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's where maybe the, um, uh, you know, the, um, not the swings, but what am I, uh, I can't think of the word here for a second, but, you know, between the two hammock, trees, the yeah, hammock. Hammock. Yeah, I think yeah. that uh, hammocks, you know, started for that very reason that you yeah. could be outside and it might be just a nice spring day or a fall day and mm -hmm. just underneath the trees, because usually you would have a hammock strung from you know, two trees. Yeah. And there's um, something that they're using now for hikers, where you can, you know, take those. And if you're hiking, and then you get tired, you can find trees and then lay in that. Yeah, sort of very lightweight nylon. Yeah, I think my kids have those. Yeah, yeah. So um, those are all just lovely ways to kind of create these experiences mm -hmm. and a little bit goes such a long way. Like exactly. you don't necessarily have to be outside for more than five or 10 minutes to get some real benefit of, I just went outside. I was able to feel the sun on my face, mm -hmm. my breath. And then I feel a little bit more grounded and can continue on with my day. Right. I'm doing a circadian rhythm workshop mm -hmm. uh, at the moment. And one of the things that they do recommend is making sure that when you first get up, if you're going to have a cup of coffee, go be in the sunlight, yeah. let your day start with the sun and then wind your way down at the at sunset, wherever you are. Now, there's different problems that people can run into if they're in Alaska, where there's, you know, a lot of sunlight for a lot. In fact, when I was in Ireland years ago, the sun didn't set until 11 p.m. And, you know, I was like, oh, my gosh, how do these people do this? Because um, you were up later and up early. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think our Native Americans, our farmers, uh, other people that have always used the clock, the Amish people, um, that but the clock that nature sets for us, as opposed to our physical clocks that we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that too about the circadian rhythm thing, but, mm -hmm. and it's good to go out first thing in the morning for like 20 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and they say that if you, um, you know, can, you know, if it's possible, then do that again at sunset. Okay. You know, because it begins that whole melatonin process yeah. and it tells your body and your brain it's time to start winding down. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what would you like to make sure that people understand from clearing this energetic clutter out of your life? You know, because our show will be coming to an end in about four minutes. And I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to leave some parting wisdom. Yeah, I just hope that people can really start to question some of their automatic behavior. I think Mm -hmm. people have consistent experiences of feeling depleted, feeling irritable, feeling resentful and struggling to get through each day, able to even enjoy parts of their day. And Mm -hmm. I think you said it earlier where people don't even necessarily know to question some of the things that some of these patterns that they're sort of just been acting this way for so long. And it's so supported in our culture too, sometimes to go, go, go that we don't even know. So I think people can start to develop uh, more of a checking in practice with themselves. What do you want? What do you need? I do that with myself multiple times in the day to make sure I'm continuing to check in and see what I need because it can shift from day to day, from part of different parts of the day. So I think that's where I hope that people will come away really starting to check in with themselves on a more regular basis. And with the understanding that honoring ourselves, if we can learn what we want, what we need and honor those things, that that's to me, the secret to a satisfying life, to really be in alignment inside and out and to feel like you're living in a way that resonates, that you're excited to be living. I totally, totally agree. Um, And I might add, you know, that as they're evaluating their own state of their emotional life and their physical life, you know, to ask themselves, what do I need in my life rather than what I want? Because a lot of times we're shown on television and magazines and everything else on the internet, um, things that you might want. Yes. What do you really need? And that's where you begin to get rid of, I think, a lot of the clutter in your life and you pare it down to the concepts and the feelings and the uh, wishes that you have for your personal life. And those are the needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, and that's why I say want and need, because Mm -hmm. absolutely, I think there's a lot of wants out there that Mm -hmm. are part of the clutter, part of the problem. Absolutely. But I don't want to totally say wants are always bad, too. I mean, I think to allow some just for the sake of pleasure, but of course, the need, right? To have pleasure in our lives is a need. Right, exactly, exactly. Uh, we'll tell everybody how they can reach you and it will also be on the synopsis uh, on the podcast websites. Okay. Awesome. So I made a um, easier to remember URL. So clearenergeticclutter.com um, is one way to get to my website. And from my website, I have a couple of goodies there. Um, yeah, I have a little documentary I made. We didn't even talk about that story. I just realized about just what brought me into therapy to begin with. And um, and it can connect people to Instagram and stuff because I have some videos that I do there as okay. well. Okay, that sounds absolutely terrific. And I know you're going to be back on the show in late October. So we'll continue our conversation at that time. Please, everybody, share this with family and friends. Um, it's really important for people to understand 
that they can live a much happier life. And uh, Tanya and I will be back uh, to talk to you, like I said, in late October. And otherwise, go out there and please make this your very best life. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.